0: That's a clown question, bro. i Mr. a So I'm going to kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the
1: ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later, where we're
2: talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Daniel Curran. On the other side is
1: the newly 20-year-old Chris Gianta. Chris, how are we doing? What a surprise. What a surprise. I did not expect that. Uh, yeah. In my 20s now, um, for your, I, I I guess it's kind of fitting because for your birthday, we did the 1995 Mariners, which is one of your favorite teams, probably your favorite team. And uh, mm-hmm. for history on my birthday, we're doing Greg Maddox, which one of my favorite players on the list uh, for sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and I stole the intro. Yeah, you did. But th- That was not
2: communicated at all. Uh, I just waited for the re- record thing to show up on Zoom, and I just sent it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think they can hear that because I did go for the intro, but it was stolen yeah. from me. So it took, it took 68 episodes, but it, it finally happened. And here we are.
2: Reasonably, reasonably also, uh, happy birthday to Tony Suck, one of yes. the greatest catchers to ever live.
1: Yep, Tony Suck, me and him, uh, two legends of the baseball world, uh, share a birthday together, yeah. which is mm-hmm. great. You know, it's great that I have that knowledge. Seems like destiny, if you ask me. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about Greg Maddox in this part of the episode. Uh, it is history is back. History is back, folks. Uh, we're going to be telling the stories of these players and teams Uh, yeah back and better than ever might change some things around i mean yeah last time when we when we started doing history we were kind of figuring it out we've this is a well-oiled machine at this point so you know Mm -hmm. we're getting right back into this grind though it is such a grind to do these it is a grind it is a grind and you know when this is completed it will be you know one of our greatest uh one of our greatest you know things that we've ever done in mm. like in like in terms of anything even looking back maybe 20 years from now like this is yeah. we've done about 60 I'm not
2: gonna, spoiler warning here but it'll feel like tony stark at the end of avengers endgame when he defeats thanos but then he's like you know he's about to die and they're like you can rest now tony except the difference is we're hopefully not going to die at the end of it
1: yeah this is yeah by the end of this Hopefully, if we do complete the series, which we probably will, this will have been 60 plus hours of, of broadcasting about mm-hmm. baseball history and uh, players and teams. And I would love to and,
2: count up the amount of pages in our prep sheets combined.
1: Yeah, pay, I mean, it would
2: be in like the 300s probably.
1: Yeah, today, t- yeah, today we did combine for a new record 30 pages of prep work.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh Greg Maddox in the twenty sixteen Cubs.
2: That into our first history
1: show that had eight. Uh yeah, it did. It was uh yeah, not the best. Not the best. Somehow we did go pretty long though in that episode. I I have no idea what I have no idea how.
2: I I don't either. Like that was yeah, that was like an hour and a half, two hours.
1: Yeah. Oddly, oddly enough. But yeah, this is going to be straight history uh, because, you know, initially with history, we also dropped in some MLB news. So we like talked about the player negotiations a lot. We already have an MLB news uh, podcast every week. So it's going to be pretty much strictly history. So most of the episodes um, are just going to start where we're talking about the player. And then the second part, we'll be talking just about the team. So I guess now is a good time to get into Greg Maddox him growing up. Uh, he was born in San Angelo, Texas. San Angelo could be San Angelo. Uh, I'm not sure if that if it would be he's, the He's one of those those big three. Well, yeah,
2: uh, Florida, Florida, Texas and Florida, Texas and uh California. It's one of the. It's one of those three usually. I know we usually just boil it down to the two, but Texas would be the third one.
1: Yeah, um, but it is kind of weird. Uh, as you bring that up, it's it is it is kind of weird how he grew up. So he was in a military family, yeah. and he moved frequently during his childhood. He lived in places like North Dakota, California, and Spain, and uh, their final move happened when Greg was ten years old, and they moved to Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, which is Nevada on the border of California and Arizona. Uh, so, a, a good baseball area, nonetheless, even though it's not one of the big three. Also, Maddox
2: we guys, the likes of Chris Bryant, and Bryce Harper.
1: Yes, Chris Bryant, who we, who we will be talking about in the next episode, in the next part of the episode. That's right. uh, so, Greg Maddox, he played JV basketball uh, in high school, but it was, he was discouraged by coaches who wanted him to focus solely on baseball, uh, specifically his pitching ability. And according to, uh, a quote from society of American baseball research on Greg Maddox here, it says, quote, beyond what he learned from Fairless, uh, Maddox had a tutor in Ralph Madar a former scout who oversaw workouts and organized pickup games on Sunday mornings in Las Vegas. Ralph was the first pitching coach I ever had, Maddox told John McMurray for an article in Baseball Digest. He worked with me when I was 15 years old, and he taught me that movement was more important than velocity. He helped make the ball move and sink as opposed to seeing how hard I could throw it. I think I was fortunate to learn that lesson at such a young age, unquote. So that was kind of the building blocks of what we saw in the professor uh, in the '80s, '90s, and 2000s. Kind of a building block. Kind of learned it from from a young age. Uh, Could use a little more of that, uh, I think, in this day and age. And this gave him this kind of these building blocks. Kind of gave him the reputation as more of a cerebral type pitcher, uh, even in even in his younger days, and. Ultimately, after high school, he was drafted in the second round with the 31st overall pick by the Chicago Cubs. And he had a decision between University of Arizona and the Chicago Cubs. Will he play in college? Will he play professionally? Uh, And he determined that the bonus money from the Cubs was good enough to sign the contract and skip college. And he actually put the bonus money aside, interestingly enough, did not spend $1 of it Uh, And he did that because, you know, in case baseball didn't work out, he wanted to have that money. So he lived off minor league money, along with money saved from summer jobs uh, when he worked at Sears and Wendy's. Uh, I'm presuming that was in high school. So from the jump, he was uh, thinking logically about, you know, what could and couldn't work uh, at a young age.
2: That's right. So now Greg Maddox is in professional baseball. In 1984, he started out in rookie ball, like everyone does, and he did pretty well for himself—a two-six-three ERA in 85 and two-thirds innings pitched. So, I mean, you know, he's obviously at, at this point putting himself on the map as far as uh, big league prospects, and he continued to do so in 1985—a three-one-nine ERA with a with 186 innings pitched and a ball. So, you know, moving up the ranks, still doing extraordinarily well, and in '86. He had a 291 ERA in 192 innings pitched between double A AA and AAA. And in nine of his 26 starts, uh, he completed them and he shut them out in four of them. So nine complete games, four complete game shutouts in 26 starts. And this guy was pitching extremely well in 1986. So well that he was called up to the majors in that season. And his Major League debut was on September 2nd, 1986, and it started with Maddox as a pinch runner in the 17th inning of a game that was suspended due to darkness the day before. Because, of course, Wrigley had yet to put in the lights, so um, they could not play on night games at that point. So that's an interesting little debut for Greg Maddox. And he stayed in the game uh, after the pinch hit and gave up a home run in the 18th to get a loss. So uh, tough pitching debut for Greg Maddox, but... I promise it'll get better from here. Um, he made his first start on September 7th, where he threw a complete game, allowing three runs and getting the win. There you go. Uh, he did have two bad starts, unfortunately, and he ended up with a 552 ERA in 31 innings pitched in the major leagues in 1986. And because of this, he ended up starting 1987 in the minors. And in that season, he ended up throwing 27 and two-thirds innings pitched in the minor leagues, around allowing only three earned runs, and throwing a complete game shutout in two of his four starts in Iowa. And then after that start, he was called up once again, but then continued to struggle at the majors. 561 ERA, 450 FIP, 10.5 hits per nine, 4.3 walks per nine, and 155 and two thirds in, in the majors in 1987.
1: So now we enter into a four year phase of uh, Greg, Maddox, Greg Maddox's career where he was kind of forming his identity. He wasn't really at his peak quite yet, but you could see just based on the numbers uh, themselves and on based on his experience that he was definitely learning how to pitch in the big leagues and doing it effectively. So it starts in 1988, uh, where actually he completed three of his first four starts in that season. And on May 11th, uh, he threw a 10 inning three hit shutout uh, without issuing a walk at all. And Maddox remains the youngest pitcher to actually, I haven't, I haven't had my, I don't have my, how about that out yet, but here comes an early, early, how about that because of what Maddox was able to do because of what Maddox was able to do in his 1988 season. So with this 10 inning three hit shutout with no walks, Maddox remains the youngest pitcher to have a game with, Ten plus innings and less than four base runners, uh, at the age of 22 years and 27 days. So, Greg Maddox was making history pretty early, Um, and also in his next start after that, the exact, the same, the uh, very next start, he took a two-hit shutout into the 11th inning. Uh, before actually surrendering five hits and three runs to lose the game. So that would have been another legendary performance if it had just ended uh, before the 11th, which the, it did not.
2: The Cubs could just score.
1: Yeah, if the Cubs uh, could succeed, uh, then uh, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. So Greg Maddox heading into the All-Star break in 1988. He was having a phenomenal season. He had a 15-3 and record, a 2-1-4 ERA, and a 100- 100 Uh, In 155 and two thirds innings pitched, he also had he he also had eight complete games and three shutouts in 19 starts heading into the All Star break. Uh, So, you know, close to half his starts were complete games. However, in the second half, however, in the second half he had a four four nine two ERA and 93 and a third innings, and he finished the season with a three one eight ERA, a 114 ERA plus and a three four one FIP. And it's important to talk about the ERA Plus because Maddox's era, especially his peak, that's when offense was at its peak. So ERA doesn't tell the whole story. ERA Plus, it's relative to the league stats and ballpark factors. So it shows really how great Greg Maddox was. But to and be also- fair, a, three,
2: a 318 ERA with a 114 ERA Plus isn't that high.
1: That is That's true, a, but it's it's important to go over it now because uh, once we hit the nine. It's gonna
2: be more important later.
1: It's gonna be yep. more important later. So Greg Maddox finished fourth in in his pitch in 1988 with a with 249 innings pitched. He finished sixth in complete games with nine, and he was tied for third in baseball reference war among National League pitchers. He also finished sixth in that in the national league in ground out to air out ratio uh, which indicates that he was a ground ball pitcher which he very much was and this was the first of 20 consecutive years in which he was in the top 10 in the nl in ground out to air out ratio and i know it's not the biggest indicator of success you can not do well even if you have a good ground out to air out ratio but it's important to identify this because You wonder, like, Greg Maddox, not not a big strikeout guy. How is he getting his outs? He was doing it by getting the ball on the ground uh, and getting soft contact. So if that's any indicator, 20 consecutive years in which he was in the top 10 in the NL in ground-out-to-air-out ratio. So that transitions into 1989. So
2: in 1989, this is when he starts to Cement his legacy as one of the great pitchers in the game, really. Finished sixth in the league in innings pitched with 238, had a 295 ERA, 129 ERA plus, and a 345 FIP. And this would be the first of many years where he's a finalist in the Cy Young voting. He finishes third. And this was also the first time, uh this is also the first of 14 years where he led the league in range factor per nine innings for pitchers and range. F- Game, uh for pitchers uh, which I believe is that a defensive stat uh,
1: that yeah a, that is a defensive stat it measures kind uh, of how many how many plays you're making per game and uh, Greg Maddox because of his pitching style and his fielding style was able to um, was able to lead the league 14 times in that in those categories
2: yeah the Cubs went 93 and 69 this season and won the National League East and in Game One of the NLCS, he gave up eight hits and eight earned runs on uh, in a in four innings pitch, so not very good. And he turned around the next time around in Game Five, and gave up five hits and three earned runs in three and a third innings pitch, and this ultimately eliminated them. Was this against the Giants?
1: Um, yes, this was against the San Francisco yeah. Giants. So,
2: Greg Maddox not very good in his playoff debut in '89. Uh, started. The game that they got eliminated in and got rocked in game one but overall a very good season for him
1: yes very much very much upside um in that uh in that season a 129 era plus it looked very good for him and in 1990 on july 27th he threw his first maddox and it wasn't called a maddox at the time because maddox hadn't built that reputation yet but a maddox for those unaware is a complete game shutout throwing less than hundred pitches and uh, Maddox threw a few of those in his career. And it's uh, it's especially impressive because, you know, it tells you that he's getting guys out very quickly and very effectively. And also he finished second in innings pitch in 1989 with 237. He also had a three, four, six era and 119 ERA plus. He also finished top 10 in FIP with a 315 FIP. And he finished fourth in F4 because of this. And 1990 was the year where he won his first out of 18 gold gloves. Uh, We mentioned the range factor stat. That's the reason that he was able to win all these gold gloves. And, you know, he wasn't just an excellent pitcher. He was also uh, an excellent fielder of, of his position. So that transitions into 1991. So in 91, he leads the league in innings pitched once again, 263, finished
2: fifth in FIP with a 306 and third in Fangraph's award. And he set career highs in strikeouts with 198 and strikeouts per nine with 6.8. And he finished second in the league in strikeouts and sixth in strikeouts per nine. So, you know, Greg Maddox, we always talk about him as not being a strikeout pitcher, finished second in strikeouts in 91. And I know that the case per nine isn't nearly as high as it would be today, but this is a different era, of course. And he finishes sixth in strikeouts per nine, like I mentioned, and finishes fourth in K to walk ratio with a three flat.
1: Uh, and he had in that 1991 season a 335 ERA and a 116 ERA plus. And that's the end of this kind of building up era uh 1988 to 1991 his average season consisted of 247 innings pitched a 3.24 ERA a 3.26 FIP eight complete games two shutouts and a 119 ERA plus that was his average season in that four year span also from 1988 to 1991 uh, he was fourth in innings, innings pitched seventh in fan war and 10th in b war so he's not excellent he's not the best in his class yet but he's building up towards it and in 1992 it starts to culminate in the next four years he makes history and he also changes uniform in the process and he also gets a ring in the process so in 1992 he finishes second in hits per nine with 6.8 second in whip with 101 1.01 second in ops against with a 552 ops against Third in ERA with a 218 ERA, third in strikeouts with 199, and eighth in strikeouts per nine with 6.7. And where Greg Maddox led the league was wins with 20, innings pitched with 268, uh, a career high for him, home runs per nine with 0.2, FIP with 258, uh, and ERA plus with 166, an excellent year. And that resulted in him in, in leading the league in both B war and F war. And also, it is the only season in the live ball era with 250 plus innings pitched, 190 plus strikeouts, less than 80 walks, and less than eight home runs allowed. So that's that's the type of season Greg Maddox had when it came to uh, walk prevention and home run prevention. He also won the Cy Young, uh, you know, it resulted in him winning his first Cy Young and finishing 11th in the MVP vote. And after that season, he entered free agency and was kind of the hottest ticket uh, in town in terms of free agency. Uh, he declined a five-year, $27.5 million deal from the Cubs, and then the Cubs signed another free agent pitcher, which kind of ultimately ended those negotiations Cubs weren't going to up their offer after signing another free agent pitcher. Then the Yankees came in. You know, the Yankees kind of desperate at this point. It had been it had been 11 years since their last playoff appearance. They offered him 34 million dollars over five years. But when the Braves entered late, entered you know, kind of late in the sweepstakes. They offered him $28 million. Greg Maddox took upon that offer of $28 million. He turned down uh, $6 million extra from the Yankees. And Maddox ultimately chose the Braves despite the money because he believed that the Braves gave him the best opportunity to win a World Series. And that was evidenced uh, by their two consecutive NL pennants uh, heading into that 1993 season. So he joined uh, two future Hall of Famers and John Smoltz and uh, Tom Glavin. He also joined the likes of uh, Fred McGriff and David Justice. Then eventually Chipper Jones, but not quite yet. But now begins the Greg Maddox in Atlanta era. By the way, before I get into this, I love
2: this guy's like reputation with money because you go back to earlier when he... You know, takes the uh, takes the signing bonus for the Cubs instead of going to college, and then literally doesn't spend a dime of it, and while also working a double job at what Sears and Wendy's it was. Yeah, yeah, and now he and you know he goes from that to turning down a big offer from the Yankees, uh, or at least a bigger offer from the Yankees. So I, I this guy really is consistent with the way he handles his money, and I like it.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it seems like it.
2: So now we move on to the 1993 season, and Greg Maddox, his first year with the Braves, is third in strikeouts with 197, fifth in walks per nine with 1.8, and second in K-to-walk ratio with 3.8. He led the league in innings pitched once again with 267, complete games with 8, WHIP with 1.05, OBP against with a 273, OPS against with a 590, FIP with a 285, ERA+, plus with a 170, and ERA with a 236. So despite leading in innings-pitched ERA and ERA+, he finished second in B-War, but led the league in F-War, which is interesting. And he won his second consecutive Cy Young and finished 13th in the MVP vote. And the Braves went 104-58 and and won the National League. Is that supposed to say National
1: League East? No, they were in the West at the time.
2: The Braves were in the NL West at the time.
1: That is correct.
2: What a world. What a, Oh, yeah, that makes sense because the Phillies were in the. Yep. Okay. That is awfully weird. Well, the Braves were where they won the NL West. And in game two of the NLCS, he went seven innings pitched, allowed two runs, and struck out eight in a 14 to three victory to tie the series up at one to one. And in game six, facing elimination, he gave up two runs each in the third, fifth, and sixth inning and ended up with five earned runs in
1: five and two-thirds innings, and he suffered another loss to
2: end the Braves' season.
1: So then in 1994, uh, after a bad ending, he ramps things up. Uh, you know, he was already good, you know, obviously already good. He won two Cy in a row, but this is, when, this is when things ramp up. And what I will say is 1994 had the league's highest OPS – since 1930. It had been, it had been 64 years since the league had seen an OPS as high as it did in 1994. The league OPS, the league average OPS at the time was 763. And how does Greg, Greg Maddox respond to that? In his first seven starts, he put up a point, uh, a 0.94 ERA, 0.94 in his first seven starts. Um, and eventually, uh, Famously, the MLB player strike ended the season on August 11th, and it cut Maddox's season short at 25 starts. However, in, the, in those 25 starts, he made out of it what he could. Out of those 25 starts, he completed 10, through 8-plus innings in 17, through 7-plus seven innings in 22, and through 6-plus innings in all 25 starts. Don't see that anymore. He gave up more than three earned runs just once, making 24 of his 25 starts quality starts. And minimum 20 starts, his 96% quality start percentage is the highest all time in a single season. He also had 8.1 innings pitched per start. Uh, which was the most in a single season in 11 years. Also, his 12-plus games with 8-plus innings pitched and less than two earned runs remain tied for the most since 1980 in the team's first 114 games. How about that? And then Greg Maddox ultimately finished third in strikeouts with 156, also third in walks per nine with 1.4, and third in strikeout-to-walk ratio, with 5.0. He led the league in wins uh, with 16, innings pitch with 202, home runs per nine with 0.2, complete games with 10, shutouts with three, hits per nine with 6.7, whip with 0.90, the quadruple slash line against, uh, hitter slash 207, 243, 259, 502 off of him, a 502 OPS against. Uh, He also led the league in FIP, with two, three, nine ERA with 1.56 and ERA plus with 271. This led to him leading
2: 71% above the
1: average 171% above the average Greg Maddox was in 1994. And he led the league in both B war and F war uh, because of this and no qualifying pitcher in major league baseball in 1994 was within a full run of greg maddox's era also no qualifying starter was within 100 points of his ops against and no qualifying national league pitcher was within three baseball reference war or fan war that's how that's how above and beyond greg maddox was in 1994 also he won the cy young unanimously uh, the previous two times he did not win unanimously this time wins it unanimously and finishes fifth in the MVP vote creeping up into the top five he became the first pitcher in baseball history to win three Cy Young Awards in a row and it has only been done once since then uh, Randy Johnson Randy, matched, him. Randy Johnson matched him later on and unknowingly at the time because the stat wasn't really around His 271 ERA plus was the second best all time uh, in a single season with more than 105 innings. Also, it is the only season in the integration era, which is 1947 and on. So it's a uh, 73 year history, only season in the integration era, era with 200 plus innings pitched and less than five home runs allowed. Also, it is the only season in the live ball era with 200-plus innings pitched and 35 earned runs allowed or less. How about that? And to top it all off, his 8.5 baseball reference for is the highest ever in a single season by a pitcher who made 25 or fewer appearances. How about that? So, you know, historic for a guy who had his season cut short so what happened with that strike uh heading into 1995.
2: now if you think his 94 season was incredible you're right but you also have no idea what you're in for this year so baseball resumed its play on april 26th 1995 after the strike and because of it there was still ongoing it was still ongoing during spring training which meant that players had less preparation And Maddox didn't throw more than six-plus innings in each of his first three starts of the season. Uh, In his remaining 25, all but two were quality starts. And one of those two ended after one inning and one run given up, uh, where he presumably came out due to injury. So that was obviously a shortened start due to reasons kind of out of his control. And if you take out that one-inning start from his uh, fourth start on, he averaged eight innings per start. And that year he finished seventh in K's per nine with 7.8, third in strikeouts with 181. Might I add, he's had one of he was close to uh matching his he was close to matching his um like 92 and 93 total strikeouts in less innings, which is impressive. He was only like 20 away. Yeah, um, and yeah. second in hits per nine with six point three. He led the league in wins with 19, winning percentage with a 905. Innings pitched with 209, a complete games with 10, shutouts with three, home runs per nine with 0.3, walks per nine with one flat, whip with an 081, OBP against with a 234, slugging against with a 258, OPS against with a 482, a FIP of 226, an ERA of 163, and an ERA plus of 260. He led the league in B-War and F-War. He won the Cy Young unanimously once again, his fourth consecutive
1: Cy Young Award, and he finished third in the MVP vote. So now we're going to get into some how about that's from the 1995 season. Thankfully, I had a, a bit of research done from this already because we actually did the 1995 Braves. That's right. right uh, the second half of episode 35, if you want to check that out, if you if like some Braves talk. He uh, wants you know, some uh,
2: some Mike Mordecai, Charlie O'Brien talk. You know, you know where to go.
1: If you want to hear all about Mike Devereaux, there is the spot. So mm-hmm. Greg Maddox, uh, in that 1995 season, he, you know, after this 1995 season, he remains the only pitcher to win four Cy Youngs before turning 30. Only pitcher to ever do that. Um, I, I don't think that gets talked about enough. Also. Uh, He had 9.7 B-War in a semi-shortened season also, by the way. No other pitcher in the National League had 5-plus B-War. He had 9.7. The next best was below 5. Unbelievable. He also had the highest winning percentage, minimum 20 decisions, since 1875. It had been 120 years since we had seen a winning percentage like that, minimum 20 decisions. Also, uh, this ERA plus remains the fourth best single season ERA plus of all time of seasons of more than 105 innings pitched. Uh, And also, with his 1994 and 1995 seasons, he remains the only man to have two qualifying seasons with an ERA plus of 250 or better. How about that? Also. Of those with 205-plus innings pitched, uh, he has the lowest slugging percentage. He had the lowest slugging percentage in a single season in the last 40 years and the least amount of extra base hits allowed in a single season in the last 50 years. How about that? And to go along with that, he was a master on the road, uh, oddly enough. He was very good at home, but a master on the road. He's the only man with 11-plus decisions on the road to go undefeated on the road in a single season. How about that? He also has the lowest single-season road ERA in the last 50 years, uh, minimum 80 innings pitched on the road. How about that? He had a 1-1-2 ERA on the road in 1995. Also, of his 10 complete games, eight were on the road. And uh, he ended up with five complete games with less than 100 pitches and three with less than 90 pitches. Uh, unbelievable. He also had the most games with nine plus innings pitched and less than 100 pitches in a single season since pitch counts uh, began being tracked. And he also is, t- his 1995 season is tied for the most games with nine plus innings pitched and less than 90 pitches in a single season, How about that? but also pitch count tracking, um, not the most reliable, but any, but it's still crazy to look at. No one's really done it since then. Also his 1995 season uh, sh- featured the third lowest single season OPS against since batting against stats were measured. And the second lowest single season OPS plus against since batting stats batting against stats were measured and to go along with some historical perspective there are three seasons with 200 plus innings pitched and less than 40 earned runs allowed 1968 bob gibson which also shout out to bob gibson because he threw 300 plus innings that year and then after 1968 bob gibson It's 1994 Greg Maddox and 1995 Greg Maddox. So that's the class that he was in. It was him and Bob Gibson's 1968. And Greg uh, Maddox's 9.7 B-War is the highest ever in a single season for a pitcher who had 28 or fewer starts. How about that? And it is the only qualifying season in the live ball era with less than seven hits per nine, and one or less walk per nine. How about that? It is the only season in the live ball era with 205-plus innings pitched, less than 150 hits allowed, and less than nine home runs allowed. How about that? It is the only season in the modern era with 150-plus innings pitched, a seven-plus strikeout-to-walk ratio, and an ERA below 1.7. It is The By only the way the modern era 1900 1900 basically when the American League uh came into play. I'm
2: gonna cut you off there.
1: No worries, no worries because I, I don't think we've really gone over it. I always mentioned World Series era because mm-hmm. I didn't know modern era was, was a 1903.
2: thing,
1: yeah. So, yeah, that same time span since 1900 when there were kind of more teams in the mix mm-hmm. and. Greg Maddox's 1995 season is the only qualifying season in baseball history with less than seven hits per nine, one or less walk per nine, and seven-plus strikeouts per nine. How about that? And it is the only season in baseball history with 200-plus innings pitched, less than 25 walks, and less than 150 hits allowed. How about that? In all facets, in run prevention, Base runner prevention, and to tie it in with kind of how he was modernized and had more strikeouts, this was one of the greatest pitching seasons ever seen. Both his 1994 season and his 1995 season, uh, the Braves ended up going 90 and 54, and got the one seed in the National League playoffs.
2: And they earned it. If you want more on this team, you can go check out our our Braves. 95 Braves podcast, like Chris mentioned earlier, but we are going to go exclusively into Greg Maddox's starts in those playoffs. Game one of the National League Division Series against the Colorado Rockies, allowed three runs in seven innings pitched, and was lined up for the win before heading into the bottom of the eighth, but a reliever came in and gave up the lead, but the Braves ended up winning five to four over Colorado, and then in game four of that series, he started on three days rest. It was a chance to clinch the series. He gave up four runs and seven innings pitched, but the Braves scored 10 in that Rocky Mountain air and helped Maddox get the win and the series victory. So now we're in the NLCS against the Cincinnati Reds. And in game three, Maddox allowed one run in eight innings with for a 5-2 victory over the Reds to give the Braves a 3-0 lead in the series, and they would eventually sweep that series. It wasn't even close. So now game one against the Ridiculous offense of the 1995 Cleveland Indians, Albert Bell, Manny Ramirez, so many guys in that lineup that could just mash Jim Tome as well. And in game one of the World Series, he threw a complete game two hitter, allowing two unearned runs and throwing just 95 pitches in a 3 2 victory over Cleveland. It remains the only game pitched in the postseason of games with a pitch count tracked with. Nine innings pitched, zero earned runs allowed, and less than three hits allowed with fewer than 100 pitches thrown. So then he would get another opportunity later. He would get another opportunity in game five of the World Series with an opportunity to clinch a World Series title. But unfortunately, in Cleveland, Maddox allowed four runs in seven innings and suffered the loss. But nonetheless, the Braves won game six, and Maddox was a World Series champion. And Maddox, throughout the playoffs, had a 2.84 ERA and a 38 innings pitched.
1: Yeah, and that ends, that kind of ends the uh, the peak peak of Greg Maddox, Greg Maddox's career. He, he continued being excellent, and we should celebrate this peak 1992 to 1995, four consecutive Cy Youngs. Uh, his average season. From 1992 to 1995, consisted of a 19 and seven record, uh, 19 wins, even with those shortened seasons. Uh, 237 innings pitched, a 198 ERA, a 202 ERA plus, 2.54 FIP, a .95 WHIP, uh, 212, 256, 281, 537 quadruple slash line against 183 strikeouts, 1.7 walks per nine, seven Ks per nine a 4.2 strikeout-to-walk ratio, nine complete games, three shutouts, 0.3 home runs per nine, 8.3 B-war, and 7.5 F-war. That was his average season uh, in this crazy four consecutive Cy Young stretch. Average season. Just a 202 ERA plus. That was average for him uh, in this four-year stretch. And also from 1992 to 1995, he led the league in innings pitched ERA, FIP, complete games, home runs per nine, B-War, and F-War, led the league in all of those categories. And now we head into uh, kind of the, what I call post-peak still elite. This is from 1996 to 2002, where Greg Maddox, he's not winning Cy Youngs anymore, but he's certainly in contention for the Cy Young almost every year. And uh, he's right up there with the rest of the competition in terms of that. So that leads into 1996.
2: So Greg Maddox in 96, second in innings pitched with 245. He uh, he had a 272 ERA and a 162 ERA plus. Still really good, but just not the impossible standard that he had built himself up to in the previous years. And that's okay. And he led the league in walks per nine with one and K to walk ratio with 6.1. 3rd in Baseball Reference War, 2nd in Fan FanGraphs War, and he finished 5th in the Cy Young vote, and this season is the only season since the OG year of the pitcher in 1884 with 240 innings pitched, 150 strikeouts and 28 or fewer walks. The Braves won the National League East, they went 96 and 66, and they had the best record in the National League once again, no World Series hangover in Atlanta.
1: So now it's time for Greg Maddox to continue his postseason dominance that he kind of had last year, uh, where he kind of formed into a better postseason pitcher, unlike 1989 and 1993. So he gets the ball game, one of the NLDS, as he should, and he allowed two unearned runs, no earned runs, and seven innings pitched with seven strikeouts to earn the win in a 3-2 victory over the Dodgers. This game, this game, one of the 1996 NLDS, uh, it remains the only postseason game in the pitch count tracking era with seven plus innings pitched, seven plus strikeouts, and fewer than 75 pitches thrown. How about that? So Greg, Ma- Greg Maddox being the model of efficiency uh, that he always has been. And the... Braves clinched that series. They moved on to the National League Championship Series. And in game two of that series, he allowed eight runs, uh, but only three of them were earned in six and, two th- six and two-thirds innings pitch of work. So still a quality start because it was only three earned runs. Uh, but because of all those unearned runs, he suffered the loss, and uh, that tied the series between the Braves and the Cardinals. So then he comes back in game six of the NLCS, and the Braves are facing elimination. And he allows one run through seven and two thirds innings pitched, does exactly what the Braves need him to do. He struck out seven and earned the win in a three to one victory to force a game seven in the 1996 NLCS. And that game remains the only postseason game in the pitch count tracking era with seven and a third plus innings pitched, seven plus strikeouts, and 80 pitches or fewer. Still in the playoffs, facing playoff competition, still as efficient as ever. And the Braves won that series and went to the World Series. So then in game one of, or game two of the 1996 World Series, we're gonna take a look at what he did. They actually have this on YouTube because of how good he performed.
0: And out as you look at his number second in the National League and earned run average, Tim Raines leading off had one at bat last night, was 0 for 1. In the series now he is 0 for 2. There's the changeup. To the right side. Good play McGriff. And the first inning is history. Now the first inning hit to Wade Boggs. Cecil is sawed off. <laughs> One out. Here it is to the right side. Now the race to the bag won by Maddox two out in the postseason yet. Back to Maddox. Greg able to get around the one out double it's still one to nothing Atlanta the 1 2 to Boggs you don't see Wade Boggs take that kind of a swing against many pitchers Martinez breaks his bat it heads into the seats came down without hitting anybody or hurting anybody seriously Cecil grounds to short. He since with Atlanta Blouser to his left Another one, two, three inning. To the right side for Lemke. Maddox gets around. Over the outside corner one away and the first strikeout of the night for Greg Maddox. Had him reach it. Maddox starts it. 1-6. Not in time. One on two out. Got him to end the inning. Two strikeouts in the inning. For the second baseman, lefty. Boggs has a hit. But in the late innings, he's grounded into a double play in the sixth. He grounds out to eighth. Maddox threw eight.
1: So there's Greg Maddox. This is our first video showing Greg Maddox. And if you're unfamiliar with his pitching style, that's exactly what it is. That's kind of the prototypical Greg Maddox game. It's that was a very Greg Maddox. Yeah, very much Greg Maddox. It's frustrating hitters getting them, getting, first of all, getting ahead in the count and then making them swing at pitches that they don't necessarily want to swing at. Deceiving hitters by making a ball look like it's right down the middle, but really it ends up on the corner. He had basically, he rarely ever threw a straight fastball. Uh, it was mostly like two seamers, change-ups, sliders, and curveballs. Uh, I don't know if I've ever really seen a straight fastball from Greg Maddox. So every pitch had movement. And that's kind of the prototypical Greg Maddox game. And in yeah. that game, he threw eight shutout innings on 82 pitches uh, to, earn a, to earn the win in a 4-0 victory over the Yankees to extend the series lead to 2-0. To it looked like they were going to go on their way to win the series. And it is one of two postseason games in the pitch count tracking era with eight plus innings pitched and 82 or fewer pitches. <laughs> And also in that game, he had eight one pitch outs. And he also had five assists and two put outs. So he was, he was very active as a fielder. But then in game six of the World Series, despite having a two nothing series advance, uh, two nothing series lead after game two, the Braves were facing elimination. And Greg Maddox gave up three runs in the third and ended up allowing only those three runs in seven and two-thirds in in his pitch, so a very good start. But he suffered the loss in a 3-2 to defeat to the Yankees, which ended up losing them the World Series. Not the worst start, but the offense didn't really pick it up there. Could have been better, but also could have been worse, definitely. And Maddox, Matt, this might have been Maddox's best postseason run, even though the Braves didn't win the World Series. Uh, Maddox, throughout the playoffs, he pitched 37 innings, pitched, uh, had a 170 ERA, uh, only walked three walks or only walked three batters in those 37 innings pitched, and had 11.7 pitches per inning. Uh, you know, 12 in tw- a 12 pitch inning, you're thinking, oh, that's a quick inning. That was average for Greg Maddox in the 1996 playoffs. So now we're moving on, you know, after, uh, after losing the World Series, now we're moving on to 1997.
2: In the 97 season, the highlight for Greg Maddox individually came on July 22nd when he threw, and yes, this is not a typo, a 76-pitch-complete game. Chris, we have the video for it, too.
0: Maddox on the mound, a six-game winning streak, averaging seven innings a start. Very few walks, ho-hum, what's new? but also one very important thing right at the bottom, getting some runs to play with. Cubs, this first three hitters have been hitting the ball very well. Maddox with another nice play. Take a base hit away from Glanville, one down. Strike three call, Grace caught looking. That doesn't happen very often. That is only the 27th time he has struck out in 317 at bats. One, two, three go the Cubs. Causing more than one. Twinville to be scheduled Clark chase one out of the strike zone Maddox has his second strikeout again the O2 and that's it for Glanville that's the fly ball that'll do it perfect paint on the inside corner got him changed up a little bit on Tyler that sequence and he records his fifth strikeout as a result Stuck him out a good inning for Maddox they go in order there goes the runner down three. ground ball to the mound doesn't matter and the inning is over just like that the bat moved on deck that should do it ground ball to Lemke he's got it and Greg Maddox has won his 14th game of the year he did it with 78 pitches and only 15 of them missed the strike zone one hit no runs no errors one left and folks, you just saw a great pitching performance.
2: So the announcer said seventy-eight, but uh, everything else said seventy-six.
1: Yeah, the YouTube title said seventy-six. Baseball Reference said seventy-seven, and uh, the YouTube ty- uh, the YouTube uh, the announcers said seventy-eight. So, regardless, you know, regardless of what it is, yeah, really it's, good. It's extremely good.
2: So in the 97 regular season, Greg Maddox was eighth in innings pitch with 232 and two thirds, second in whip with an 095, second in FIP with a 243, second in ERA with a 22, and second in ERA plus with a 189. He led the league at home runs per nine innings with 0.3, walks per nine with 0.8, and K to walk ratio with 8.9. Second in B war, third in F war was the Cy Young runner-up, but finished 12th in the MVP vote, and this 97 season is the only season since 1920 with 225-plus innings pitched, 20 or fewer walks, and less than 10 home runs allowed. And it is the only season in baseball history with 220 innings pitched, an ERA plus of 180 or higher, and a K-to-walk ratio of 8.5 or higher. And no surprise here, the Braves went 101-61 and and had the best record in the National League. So now we get another postseason run for Greg Maddox. And in game one of the NLDS, he did not disappoint against the Houston Astros with Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, all those great bats. Complete game with one run and uh, and allowed with that. Complete game with one earned run. It was not even an earned run. It was just one run and a 2-1 win over the Astros. And then they advanced to play the Florida Marlins, That was the series with uh, tough umpiring. Go look that one up on YouTube. But nonetheless, Greg Maddox in game one of that series went six innings, allowed five runs that were unearned, six hits, three walks, seven strikeouts, so very unlucky for him there. And NLDS game five, with the series tied, he went seven innings, allowed two runs on four hits and a walk. He struck out nine, but was on the losing end of one of the worst called games in baseball history where LaVon Hernandez struck out 15. Uh, this, uh, the strike zone was the size of Jupiter, just to put it in perspective. It was, I'm not kidding, LaVon Hernandez could have thrown, he could have Trevor Bauer the ball into the center field stands and it would have been called a strike. It was miserable. You need to watch that video um, if you have not already. The Braves lost the NLCS. And it was by no means Greg Maddox's fault. Throughout the playoffs, 22 innings pitched, a 1-2-3
1: ERA, and a 499 OPS against. So now heading into 1998, uh, Greg Maddox had a very fiery hot start in 1998. It looked like it was 1994-1995 Maddox. And this was uh, this was the the home run chase of 1998, and Greg Maddox uh, was... Doing something special. He had a 153 ERA through his first 25 starts. Uh, he ended up on the season uh, third in innings pitched with 251, fifth in strikeouts with 204, third in hits per nine with 7.2, fourth in walks per nine with 1.6, fifth in strikeout to walk ratio with 4.5, and fourth in FIP with two with a 281 FIP. He also led the league in shutouts with five, whip with a 0.98. ERA with a 2 2 2 dropped a little bit or uh, increased a little bit, but still a 2 2 2 ERA and also an ERA plus of 187. He was 87% above the rest of the league, 87% above average uh, in the league. Also, he finished third in baseball reference war and also third in F war. And he ended up finishing fourth in the Cy Young Vote. And also in 1998, Uh, He had three Maddoxes and we went over this nine plus innings pitched, no runs allowed uh, and less than a hundred pitches thrown. He had three of those and those are tied for the most Maddoxes in a season since pitch counts began being tracked uh, whenever that was, it was being tracked in Maddox's era. And that's why we have these lovely stats. And also the Braves went 106 and 56 for the best record in the national league. Once again, I mean, even if this was, um, even if this was in the '50s when they didn't have playoffs, the Braves would still be making the World Series year after year uh, because they had the best record in the National League year after year. So this results in Greg Maddox getting more postseason appearances, and in Game Three of the NLDS, uh, he allowed just two runs in seven plus innings pitched to earn the victory uh, in a six-to-two victory over the Chicago Cubs. So they advanced to the National League Championship Series eventually. Uh, And in game three of this championship series, he was taken out after the fifth inning uh, with only 81 pitches and two runs allowed, oddly enough. And he ended up getting the loss, uh, and it gave the Padres the 3-0 series lead. And then the Braves won game four, and on one day of rest in game five, he was called to save a one-run game with no outs in the ninth. One day of rest, he's asked to get the save after throwing 81 pitches two days before. And in this ninth inning, he actually got a strikeout and two groundouts with a walk mixed in, uh, and that saved the game for the Braves and uh, made it 3-2 to two Padres, uh, saved them from getting eliminated in that series uh, with that inning, inning of work. But unfortunately for Maddox... Uh, the Braves lost game six and therefore lost the series. Maddox had a 277 ERA through 13 innings pitched in the 1998 playoffs. So, not really his fault that the team was eliminated. So, now we go on to 1999.
2: I was muted. Uh, last season of the century, and Greg Maddox did not start very hot. Had a 5.02 ERA after his first nine starts, but then had a 3.06 in his final 24. He was ninth in innings pitched with 219, second in walks per nine with a 1.5, seventh in K-to-walk ratio with a 3.7, and fifth in FIP with a 3.40. Also eighth in ERA with a 3.57 and ninth in ERA plus with 126, fourth in FanGraphs WAR as well. The Braves went 103 and 59 and was once again the best record in the National League, more playoffs for, uh, for Greg Maddox. And he faces those Houston Astros once again in the National League Division Series in game one, allows two runs on seven innings, but gets the loss in a 6-1 defeat at the hands of Houston. And he also came in for, le- for relief in game one and game three for one batter, but strangely walked him. But nonetheless, they moved on to face the Mets, and the National League Championship Series. In game one of that series, he allowed one run on seven innings pitched and earned a 4-2 victory over the Mets. He got the win. And then in game five of said series, with a chance to advance to the World Series for the Braves, he allowed two earned runs over seven innings pitched but got no decision, and the Braves did lose that game 4-3 in 15 innings. However, the Braves won game six and went to the World Series, another pennant, and they got a chance of revenge at those Yankees. So game one of the World Series, Maddox shut out the Yankees for the first seven innings, but then allowed four base runners on two singles, a walk, and an error, and was taken out in a 1-1 game and ended up with four runs charged to him. But two of them, only two of them were earned over seven innings, over seven plus innings and got the loss. And the Braves were swept by the Yankees in 1999. Throughout the 1999 playoffs, Greg Maddox had a 225 ERA through 28 innings pitched and in the playoffs from 95 to 99, a 215 ERA through 138 innings pitched. So this guy, he knew what he was doing in October.
1: Very much so. And actually a, a factoid that I didn't have in the prep sheet that I forgot to look up, uh, Greg Maddox's highest F4 from a pitcher in the 90s. So ended that decade on top uh, in terms of fan graphs war. Him and Clemens were basically, him, Clemens and Johnson were the pitchers of the nineties. Kind of a toss up between all three of them, um, if you ask me, in terms of uh, in terms of greatness. So that leads into the new century, where uh, both of us were born, in the year two thousand. Uh, great year, great year for the two of us. You were and, born twenty years ago today. Yep. Yeah. I, I yeah. Twenty years. 20 years to the recording or to the uh, release of this episode. And in the year 2000, Greg Maddox continued his dominance. Second in innings pitch the 249, second whip with 107, third in strikeout to walk ratio with 4.5, third in FIP with 323, fourth in ERA with a three flat ERA, and fourth in ERA plus with 153. Still a very high ERA plus because it's the steroid era, baby. It's the steroid era, and uh, offense is at its peak. And Greg Maddox is still dominating. And Greg Maddox led the league in shutouts with three, and also led the league in walks per nine with 1.5 in the year 2000. Uh, He was third in B-War and second in F-War in this 2000 season, and he finished third in the Cy Young vote and 12th in the MVP voting. The Braves went 95-67 and and won the division in 1995. So another playoff appearance for Greg Maddox. And in game one of the NLDS, he actually gave up six runs, four of them being earned in the first inning. And he ended up allowing five earned runs in four innings pitched and got the loss in a seven to five defeat from the Cardinals. And the Braves in that series were swept by the Cardinals uh, and got eliminated once again in the playoffs.
2: So now we're on to 2001. And in this season, Greg Maddox was fourth in innings pitch with 233, second in whip with a 106, second in K to walk ratio with 6.4, and fifth in fielding independent pitching, aka FIP with a 312, fourth in ERA with a 305, fourth in ERA plus with a 146. And he led the league in walks per nine once again with a 1.0, was fifth in baseball reference war, third in fangraphs war. And the Braves went 88-74 and 74 and won the division. Not the best record in the NL anymore, but still a playoff team. And in Game 1 of the National League Division Series, Maddox allowed two runs in six innings pitched and got a no decision for the Braves. Uh, and that would be the end of that series, was a quick one. And in the National League Championship Series, going up against the Diamondbacks, in Game 1, Maddox allowed two runs in seven innings pitched, but he suffered a loss and a classic Maddox versus Randy Johnson matchup and Johnson shut him out. No shame in losing to Randy Johnson, no matter who you are. The Braves won two, nothing. Uh, they are no, I'm sorry. The Diamondbacks won two, nothing. In game four of that series, he pitched on short rest with the Braves down two to one in the series and he allowed six runs. Only four of them earned in three plus innings and the Braves eventually lost the NLCS to the 0-1 Diamondbacks.
1: So that moves on to 2002, kind of the end of the post-peak, uh, I would call it, of Greg Maddox's career, where he's still banging out top five and you know all the important categories: fourth in walks per nine with two, second in ERA with 2.62, second in ERA plus with 159, uh, and tenth in FIP with a 3.43. And he did all that in 199 in the third innings pitched, uh, almost cracked 200. He was also seventh in baseball reference war, and it was his 15th season with 195-plus innings pitched and an ERA-plus of 110 or better. And those 15 seasons are tied with Walter Johnson for the most such seasons through an age 36 season. And the Braves ultimately went 101-59 and 59 for the best record once again in the National League. Uh, so Greg Maddox appeared in game three of the National League Division Series. And with the series tied one to one, he allowed two runs and six innings to earn the win in a 10 to two victory over the Giants, giving the Braves the series lead. But the Braves lost the next two games and therefore lost the series. So uh, to go over this era, the seven year, seven year era of Greg Maddox's career, where he's not at the top winning Cy Youngs, but he's still um, in the top five, I guess you would say. So from 1996 to 2002, his average season consisted of 233 innings, pitched uh, an 18 and eight record, a 276 ERA, a 158 ERA plus, a 301 FIP, 1.3 walks per nine, the walks are going down, 4.8 strikeout to walk ratio, 5.8 b war and 6.6 f war and also from 1996 to 2002 he led the league in innings and was fifth in b war and third in f WAR. so definitely for sure according to both a top five pitcher in this kind of post peak right up there with the pedros the clemenses and the johnsons um after even after winning all those cy youngs you know didn't win a cy Young in this in this case but was still right up there with everybody competing for Cy Young's. And now we move into what I call the slow moving sunset of Greg Maddox's career, where he's kind of fading out, but he doesn't really um, fade out for a while. He's still an above average pitcher for pretty much the rest of his career. And it starts in 2003.
2: In 2003, once again, started out slow, had a 554 ERA through his first 11 starts but then had a 331 ERA through the last 25. He finished sixth in innings pitch with 218, fifth in K-to-walk ratio with 3.8, led the league in walks per nine, again with 1.4, had a 396 ERA, 108 ERA plus, and a, a 390, 389 FIP. And the Braves once again, 101-61 best record in the National League. In game one of the National League Division Series, against the Cubs with the series tied one-to-one Maddox allowed two runs in six innings but got got the loss in a three-run deficit to the Cubs so pitched very well wasn't offense was wasn't going and the Braves ultimately lost the series and Maddox entered free agency as a 37-year-old after this season and he ended up signing back with the Chicago Cubs for a three-year 24 million dollar deal.
1: So back in his Uh, days with the Cubs, signs with the team that originally drafted him. And on August 7th, he decides he's going to make some history. Uh, On on August 7th, entering August 7th, 2004, he was at 299 career wins. Let's see how it works out for him.
0: ...working hard. Well, the thinking there was to get the first win of the series, and they did wanted that call right there too for strike three against the opposing pitcher in his first game ever. Didn't matter. Got it anyway. And that's going to be it for Greg Maddox. He's gone five innings which would qualify him to get his three hundredth win but the bullpen going to have to nail it down over the final four innings. Two and two, the count on Torrey And there it is. Latroy Hawkins puts the finishing touch to get Greg Maddox his 300th career win, the 22nd pitcher in the history of baseball to collect 300 wins in a career. Congratulations, Greg Maddox.
1: So Greg Maddox gets his illustrious 300th win. By
2: the way, in short, August 7th is the anniversary of Greg Maddox's 300th win, Barry Bonds' 756th home run, and Mike Trout's birthday. Just
1: to sum it all up. Yeah. Yep. And uh, thank God. Thank God we had Tom Brennan there to call it all. Legendary broadcaster. Absolutely. One of the greatest home run calls. He He even called Mike Trout's birth. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Greg Maddox, ultimately, even though he's in his age 38 season, he's still grinding. He's top 10 in innings pitched. It's over 200, 212 and two thirds innings pitched. He's still preventing walks. He's third in walks per nine with 1.4 and therefore fourth in strikeout to walk ratio with 4.6. Uh, in this age 38 season, he had a 402 ERA, uh, 110 ERA plus, and Four, 3 6 FIP. And in 2005, he's going to make some more history. On July 26th, uh, he's on the verge of another milestone. He's at 2,999 strikeouts. Let's see how he handles it.
0: 2-2. Two, two. Struck him out looking! There the it, it We'd like to congratulate Greg Maddox on his 3,000th career strikeout, becoming just the 13th pitcher ever to reach that milestone, and the second to do so in a Cubs uniform. Maddox is the first player in baseball history with 300 wins, 3,000 strikeouts, and less than 1,000 walks. Congratulations, Greg. Congratulations to Greg. Well, would you
1: like
2: who was that batter? Did you catch who that was at all?
1: Um, no. I uh, I'm looking at. I'm not screen sharing, but I am looking at it.
2: By the way, that was a beautiful pitch. Yeah, the change up there. That was per, for what is he? What was he in? Like his age thirty nine season, still yeah. throwing that beautiful.
1: Uh, number 13 of the Giants. Uh, not exactly mm-hmm. sure. But it, he was the victim of Greg Maddox's three thousand strikeout. And, yeah, the uh, the announcer actually gave a, a little how about that. Only pitcher with 300 wins, 3,000-plus 3, strikeouts, so less than 1,000 walks. Shout out to the Cubs'
2: PA guy for that one.
1: Yeah, doing how about that's before we ever could. Uh, Greg Maddox ended up being 7th innings pitched with 225. Uh, he led the league once again in walks per nine with 1.4. And in that season, uh, he was above average, had a 104 ERA plus uh, and also a 406 FIP. So that leads into 2006. He's 40 now.
2: So now we're in 2006, like Chris mentioned. He had a 469 ERA with a 99 ERA plus and 136 in a third innings pitched. Before he got traded to the contending Los Angeles Dodgers, he had a 330 ERA and 137 ERA plus with a 380 FIP and 72 and a third innings pitched and two-thirds innings pitched for the remainder of the season with Los Angeles. And Los Angeles went 88 and 74 and got a wild card spot. And in game three of the National League Division Series, down 2-0 in the series, he allowed four runs in four innings and in the no decision, which ended up being a 9-5 Dodgers loss. So that ended up being the end of the season. How many times did he start in a game where his team got eliminated and most of them weren't even his fault?
1: Uh, it, seemed, it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot of the seasons That's like ended. four or
2: five times now. So yeah. after the 06 season, he signs a one year deal with a player option for the San Diego Padres.
1: So now he enters uh, into San Diego in 2007. Uh, has a 414 ERA with a 358 FIP in 198 innings, and he led the league in walks per nine with 1.1. And it is the only season in the live ball era by a pitcher in their age 41 season or older with 196 plus innings pitched and less than 1.2 walks per nine. And Maddox ended up picking up his option to continue with the Padres in 2008.
2: So now we're in 2008. He had a 399 ERA and 153 in a third innings pitch before getting traded once again to the Dodgers. And with the Dodgers, he struggled, had a 509 ERA in 40 and two-thirds innings pitch for the remainder of the season with Los Angeles. He allowed no earned runs in four innings in the playoffs. And on December 9th of 2008, he announced his retirement from baseball, one of the greatest careers ever. And he would be enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2014 with a 97.2% of the BBWAA ballots. And he very much, and as for his post career, he hasn't really been too public with his life. He's kind of been holding himself to his family since his retirement. But in 20, I think it was 2016 or 2017, he did a, uh, he did a boom-like job in Las Vegas.
1: Cause I got to
0: take this. Yep. What's up, coach? Guys, I got to go run study hall. For how long? About two hours. Well, I mean, I need at least it's like 10 more, right? I could throw. No, I don't want any of you guys throwing because you guys, no. I, don't. So I could throw BP. Here, hold this. I throw to kids all the no, time, dude. You've actually thrown. I throw to my uh, little league team. <laughs> well, I mean, back in the day, I, <laughs> it'll nah. be OK. Yeah, we'll give them a try. It's okay, so not... all right, we'll see don't hit me. Actually, not too bad, actually. Thank you. Strike. (laughs) Hey! That's scary. This is great. (laughs) This sound guy's got a good curveball. What is this? It's pretty good. No. (laughs) That's a strike. That's a strike. You want it higher? No, yeah, maybe a little higher. He actually might be better than the other guy. Is he? Yeah. I seriously doubted you. That's a ball. I know, yeah. Okay, hold on, I gotta say seriously. I need to get one over the fence. Give me five more. Five. Hate it when that happens. Strike. Curveballs. Oh. Oh, too low. Sorry. Okay, ready? Ready. Middle away. the way. Hit it over the right field fence. Alright, I'll try my best. Okay? All right, two more, do it again. A little too far in. That might be over. Go. No, warning track. (laughs) One more, one more. Three more. Three more, okay, whatever. There we go. Warning track. Two more. Hey, you think I can get that bat? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. That was great. You want to sign the bat to me? Chris, you signed that to uh, Greg Maddox? (laughs) See? See, I told you. Good hitting. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to get off. Oh my gosh, I even mentioned you. You. Okay. I'm completely surprised. you guys got me
1: I was doing the pranking last year and I got pranked this year. So by Hall of Famer, Craig Maddox (laughs) You still want my bat? No (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man
2: That is absolutely classic (laughs) um Yeah. It's so, so perfect because like, well, like I mentioned, like, like he kinda, you know, he didn't go out in public very much. So that's a perfect time to just like come out and prank someone like that. And Chris yeah. Bryant was so confused too. He was like, Wow, this sound guy has a good curveball, what?
1: Yeah. It's hilarious.
2: So that was uh, that was a classic uh, boom sauce there from from Greg Maddox. And now we're going to get into his all-time ranks. He is 13th all-time in innings pitched with 5,008 innings and a third. Tenth um, in strikeouts with 3,371. Eighth in wins with 355. Eighth in b war for pitchers. And fourth in f war for pitchers. And he has the third most Cy Young shares ever.
1: Craig Maddox was also in the top five for wins 14 times. 14 times he was in the top five for victories. Uh, and that is tied for the most times in the top five in baseball history. Also, he was in the top five for home runs per nine, uh, 12 12 times, uh, which are the most times in the top five uh, in baseball history. He also led the league in starts seven times, which are the most such times anyone has done that. And he led the league in walks per nine nine times, uh, which are the most such time... Which are? Or actually, no. Uh, he led the league in walks per nine nine times, which are the second most amount of times anyone has done that. I think Cy Young uh, actually outdid him, and he also has the most Gold Gloves ever with 18. No one has more than 18 Gold Gloves. Not much of a surprise. Uh, and I think he earned he earned those Gold Gloves. Uh, probably the greatest defensive. Uh, fielder ever and he kind of had to be because there was so many ground balls coming right back to him because they couldn't really head it anywhere else and now uh, we get into our history edition of How About That. so we've had some how about that but this segment is exclusively for the how about that's of the career of greg maddox so greg maddox has 14 career maddoxes and no one else has had more than seven recorded you know, someone before pitch count tracking could have, but, you know, no one, uh, no one has had set more than seven recorded outside of Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox Greg had 14 of those complete game shutouts with less than 100 pitches. Uh, pretty remarkable. He also, his 21 seasons with 190 plus innings pitched and, and an ERA plus of 90 or better are the most such seasons in baseball history. Also, his 15 seasons with 190-plus innings pitched and two or fewer walks per nine are tied for the most such seasons in baseball history. How about that? He also has 16 seasons with 190-plus innings pitched and a strikeout-to-walk ratio of three or better. 16 seasons, and no one else in baseball history has more than 10 above and beyond the rest of the competition there. And also, he is the only pitcher in the live ball era with 5,000-plus in, innings pitched and an ERA-plus of 125 or better. How about that? And lastly, he is the only pitcher in baseball history with 4,000-plus innings pitched and a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 3.3 or better. And, you know, that shows you a lot about his walk prevention. Wasn't even much of a strikeout guy and is still able to hold. Um, still only still the only guy to ever do that. 4,000 plus innings and a strikeout to walk ratio of 3.3 3 or better. And now we move on to his legacy. Uh, I love Greg Maddox. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's part of the reason he's on this list. I wanted to wanted to cover him and, you know, he's one of, one of the pitchers that are, that we are covering. He's a fascinating, fascinating pitcher to look at. You know, most pitchers are recognized because, you know, they were at the top of the strikeout uh, leaderboards. And, you know, although Greg Maddox had the ten has the 10th most strikeouts all time, he was rarely, he only, he only had three seasons in, in the top 10 for strikeouts per nine. It was mostly a credit to his uh, workload having over 5,000 innings uh you know he's fascinating because of that and this is because uh I believe and it's probably probably a fact he had the greatest command and ability to manipulate a baseball in the game's history um I don't think anyone since Greg Maddox has been able to do exactly what Greg Maddox has been able to or was able to do uh in his era I know the game evolves but I don't think we've really seen anything like that since. And I think uh, Kyle Hendricks is sort of uh, replicating that in a way he's not quite there uh, as at that Greg Maddox status. Um, But, you know, he kind of replicates the pitching style. Also what we should recognize is Greg Maddox was the greatest fielding pitcher ever won 18 gold gloves. And it wasn't just, you know, he, they figured he was a good fielder and, you know, they just keep kept giving him the award. You know, he led the league in range factor per nine innings as a pitcher um, 14 times in his career. So he definitely earned most of those gold gloves. And also what we have to consider with Greg Maddox, he's part of possibly the greatest pitching trio in baseball history. When he joined the Braves, he joined Tom Glavin and John Smoltz, who also had pretty much their peak at the same time that Maddox did or around the same time that Greg Maddox did um, all three of them are deservedly hall of famers and you know we, did, we don't really see that in baseball history that much a pitching trio like that and Greg Maddox was definitely the the lead horse of that pitching trio and lastly he was also part of one of the longest reigns of success for a single franchise we keep men- we kept mentioning the Braves, you know, they won 100 games and they uh, had the best record in the National League. Like, even, you know, I, I know that division titles aren't aren't as prominent as, like, you know, back before the uh, before League Championship Series series and playoffs when, like, the the best record in the regular season got to go to the World Series. If that was the standard, the Braves would be making the World Series all the time because they always had the best record in the National League. And yeah. greg maddox was a greg large
2: Maddux, seven rings
1: yeah yeah exactly the yeah the uh greg maddox he was a big part of that and probably probably wouldn't have happened like that if greg maddox wasn't uh wasn't a part of that you know he was the he was the head guy of the rotation the entire time pretty much during that reign so that's kind of greg maddox's legacy he's one of my favorite I wanna,
2: uh, I'll get in a couple things here um one little, I guess, sort of personal story involving Greg Maddox. The one thing that amazes me is that his, the way he went out there and pitched was almost like a trademark. Like, it, you know, the fact that there's a Maddox, which is which is a, you know, a star with nine innings pitched, zero earned runs, and less than 100 pitches. And around last, I think April or May, um, I was playing a little game with some friends of mine from back home. Where I would pull up the, the fangraphs, uh, war leader boards for every position, and I would have my friends guess the top 10. And obviously, Greg Maddox would be in there. So, uh, when we were on the starting pitchers, Greg Maddox is one of the few that hadn't been named yet. And one of my friends asked for a hint, and he goes, uh, power pitcher or finesse pitcher? And I go, the finesse pitcher. He goes, Oh, Greg Maddox, like just like that. So, I mean, that kind of just goes to show just how much you know, he was recognized for sort of almost like the art style that he pitched in. Uh, It was, like I said, it was almost trademarked to himself.
1: Yeah, exactly. He definitely earned that trademark. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you think the finesse pitcher, that's him. You know, I don't know if he ever threw a straight fastball in his MLB career. (laughs) Uh, It was...
2: If StatCast was around, he would have been constantly like the... Like one, like first percentile fastball velocity, 100th percentile fastball spin.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, fifteen percent hard hit percentage against. Uh, he would have been like hundredth like percent.
2: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: Fifteen percent yeah. hard hit. But, yeah, he'd be in the. He'd be in the hundredth percentile there for like exit velocity All against. Time. I really would. He's one of those players I wish we had in the stat cast era you know those numbers There's about how so many
2: players like that
1: yeah like i can't even imagine but yeah he i in like
2: 18 1884 it was like old house radborn his fastball topped out at like 82 miles an hour hundredth percentile
1: yeah exactly and also what i should say is like greg maddox was kind of if you want to see frustration on hitters Go watch yourself a Greg Maddox game, you know, one of his better games, like game two of the 1996 World Series. Guys are just on their front foot. They have no idea what to do. They're hitting the ball, but they're not hitting it hard at all. It was kind of, He kind of frustrated hitters in a way that really isn't seen anymore, you know, the, the type of way he was able to frustrate hitters. So, yeah, there's, there's Greg Maddox. There you have it. Uh, one of the greatest pitchers of all time and uh yeah one of my favorite one of my favorite players of all time so we hope you enjoyed this part of the episode uh if you want to uh follow us uh or if you want to watch the videos with us and you're listening on apple Podcasts and spotify you want to watch the videos with us go to our youtube channel it is called STBNL with christian and daniel curran if you want to follow us on social media, follow me at Chris underscore Dianta on Twitter and follow Daniel uh, on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curren, and follow the show Instagram at STBNL podcast. We hope you enjoyed.
2: I'd like to thank uh, baseball reference fan graphs and society of American baseball Recher- research for their contributions. This show would not be possible without them.
1: Very much so would not be possible without them and we hope you enjoyed our greg maddox part of the episode and we hope to see you uh tomorrow or whenever this episode is being released in the next couple days guaranteed um where we will be talking about the team that broke the 108 year curse uh of the billy goat the 2016 cubs we hope to see you then